Hi, love, and welcome to Unfuck Your Life, the show for ambitious females who want more in their careers, relationships, and lifestyle, and who aren't afraid to claim it. My name is Laura Hurd, and I'm your go-to mentor for all things self-mastery, self-healing, advanced manifestation, and creating your ultimate dream life. I'm a mindset expert, master success coach, leadership mentor, and the living proof that anything your heart desires is possible for you. I'm absolutely obsessed with helping powerful women just like you to manifest and co-create anything they desire in their lives. So if you're ready to massively uplevel your well-being, your confidence, your connections, productivity, and success, then keep on listening. This podcast is your weekly dose of self-growth and mindset mastery to help you step into your fullest potential. I'm here to provide you with the insights, the tools, strategies, and guidance you need to become the most aligned, powerful version of yourself. So if you're committed to create success and fulfillment on your own terms, then let's get started. And make sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a beat. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to another episode on Unfuck Your Life, the show for ambitious women who are ready to calibrate to their next level. Now, today's guest is a woman whose work I've been admiring on Instagram for quite a while. I can't remember when I exactly found her, um, but we eventually became friends as we connected. We texted a little bit, and um, I felt so drawn to her because we have quite a similar mental health journey in past, and she honestly also just creates hands-on the most aesthetic reels <laughs> that are so well cut that you'll ever see on Instagram, so you need to check that out. So Caitlin Armstrong is a 21-year-old fellow boss babe. She is absolutely crushing it on Instagram. And she's also a former personal trainer from Australia. She grew her personal brand um, in the past couple of years. And what actually started as a passion project to heal her relationship with food through food photography, she then eventually grew it into a primarily faceless personal brand with over 300,000 followers across all social platforms. And also it eventually turned into the evolution of a six-figure digital creation agency, The Social Voice. So not only does Caitlin help um, inspire, motivate millions of viewers, but she also now has the privilege to help other brands and creators and businesses to find their unique social voice online, which I think is such a beautiful mission to be on. So Caitlin, welcome to Unpack Your Live. It's so good to have you on here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and talking with you. It's very exciting. Yeah, I love that. So today we're talking about a lot of different things. One of them being mental health, because we both personally have such a strong why behind all of what we do, um, especially when it comes to mental health. I think a lot of people hold back talking about it because it's quite, it's still quite a uncomfortable topic. Some people don't like to open up about it because it's quite vulnerable. For me personally, I've shared bits and pieces on this podcast about my journey coming out of depression, um, but we'll talk about Caitlin's journey here and also the link between personal healing and building a successful business because as most of you listening already know, there is such a strong link between the growth and the work you're doing on yourself, but also what you're creating in your life. And so uh, we'll talk about how to overcome so perceived weaknesses, how you can turn them into your strengths and actually superpowers. And also, of course, finding your authentic voice online and so much more. So let's kick it off with your personal journey, Caitlin. Um, Tell my people, who are you? What's gotten you to where you are today in your career and your life? And um, yeah, like just overall. (laughs) 
Yes. Um, okay. So I obviously I'm Caitlin. I'm 21 and I'm from Australia. Um, my journey on social media, I would say, started in 2018. So prior to that, when I was kind of like young mm-hmm. teens, sort of 15, 16, 17, I struggled with my mental health in high school. I was sort of, mm-hmm. I was always like a very academic student. I loved school, always did well, but I kind of fell into mm-hmm. the bracket of getting along with everyone and kind of being everyone's friend, but not really feeling like I fit in or I really knew mm. who I was, I guess. And I was just kind of going along with mm. everyone and anyone that kind of came up. Um, and then I think it was year mm. 10. So in Australia, we have, we actually have reception to year 12. So it's like the year before year one and mm. then year one to year 12. Mm-hmm. And in about year 10, I started to fall into the quote unquote popular group and kind of falling into the, you know, following around with boys and the popular girls and going to the parties and all that sort of thing. Um, That long story short, after about, you know, six, eight months of it, it really started to get to me mentally. And I was like, it's just, it's not who I am. I started getting in trouble at school and not badly. Like I've never done anything horrible, but I was getting led on this path that I kind of knew wasn't who I was. I felt very out of control, I guess, in my life. And during this time, I was moving house. My parents were sort of going through some fights and some difficulties. I would had mm. just stopped dance. So I'd been a dancer for as long as I could remember. And I just stopped it for so you know, cool. my mental health reasons because I wasn't in the right place for it. And I just felt like my life was very out of control and I didn't know what I could focus on. So that's when mm. I fell into the gym and, um, I guess being more conscious of my health and like what I was eating and how I was exercising. And to start with, it was completely harmless and it was just, you know, starting to be more aware of those sorts of things. Um, And then as time went on, I started doing outdoor ed at school and we started training for a two week hike that was overseas in New Zealand. Um, And I took it very, very seriously because again, it was something I could focus on and it was like being able to, control something in my life when I felt like everything else was out of control so over time Mm -hmm. it started to get very I guess overwhelming and over controlling and I was very very fortunate that I've never been someone to stop eating I never you know went for two three hours of cardio every day excessive exercise going to the gym twice a day three times a day etc it was all Mm. relative but it was slightly over the edge so over time it kept getting worse and worse but it was kind of like a gradual process and anyway long story Mm. short I ended up moving schools because I wasn't coping where I was and I remember it was the day of no the day after I had moved schools I went to a doctor because I'd been in and out of doctors for a long time because I kind of like I knew within myself that something wasn't right but I didn't know what it was and I was kind of still in denial that it was Mm. a quote-unquote eating disorder because I was still eating and Mm. I knew that the mental health had come first so I was sort of stuck in terms Mm. of what was actually going on and my Mm. mum got me into this pediatrician that was very difficult to get into because I was under 18 at the time and I remember sitting there and she took 
my bloods and my vitals and things like that. And she sat there and said to me, you're, you're going to hospital because you're medically unstable right now. And in that moment, it was like mm. having someone tell you that your heart could stop at any point in time and you didn't really even know that that was happening was a very, like, not a, I don't want to say I was shocked. Like I kind of expected something like it to happen, but I guess it was just kind of that hit in the face I needed to someone to say to me that what I'm doing right now is very wrong and you need to make a change. And I was very, very fortunate that I was very happy to go to hospital. I was really happy to start the recovery process. I felt a lot of peace and calm being in hospital because again, this whole time that I'd been trying to control anything I could in my life, suddenly it was all taken away from mm. me and someone else is going to take care of it. And I just had to sit there and focus on mm. myself. So for some people that can be very mm. overwhelming, but it was this odd feeling inside me where it kind of changed and I felt very calm. So we're going a little bit off topic here, but I feel like it's kind of relevant. So I was in hospital for a few I weeks. Like I relevant. went through, yeah, I went through the recovery process, which could be another episode in itself. Um, I then got a psychologist, <laughs> I saw a psychologist weekly, et cetera, et cetera. And then once I turned 18, I took myself on my own kind of journey and I got myself a coach online. She was a nutritionist, um, a personal trainer, a mindset coach um, and everything like that. But I'd been following her for years and I mm -hmm. wanted to work with her. And so when I started working with her, she had suggested to me like to help heal my relationship with food because I'm a very creative person and I always have been. She was like, why don't you start you know, photographing it or making mental note of what you're eating and when you're eating it so that I could kind of recognize. And because it was a creative process, I could make my food look nice and present it well. And that was kind of like a fun and enjoyable process. Yeah. So I started just taking photos on my phone. And then over time, I started to build up. I got my first camera for Christmas one year um, and started developing my photos. And this nutritionist I was working with is also a photographer. So she kind of was almost like a mentor to me, I guess. And I'm actually still working. She's a long-term client of mine now and a really close friend, which is amazing. But that was how I started in food photography. And of course, this was just a little part-time side hustle sort of thing. It was just a creative outlet. Um, and like you said, called a passion project, which is definitely what it is. So that was what I did for yeah. quite a while. And then I got my certs in fitness and became a personal trainer because obviously I still loved health and fitness. It's still a huge part of my life. Um, and then I moved into state on my 18th birthday. Um, so I moved from South Australia to Queensland and sort of started a quote unquote new journey in a new environment I guess mm -hmm. um, and that was when I mm -hmm. started growing my personal brand on social media so I started my personal account and I was really just documenting my life and it was a way for me to kind of keep in contact with my family they could see what I was doing now that I was creating a new life um, and yeah just a way for me to show what I was doing and it started to build a little bit this was the end of 2020 I've got to think about this now 2021 I started posting seriously the start of 2022 I think it was so that was when my account started to grow I was only at like two 
and a half thousand followers, maybe 3,000 when it was just my personal page. Mm-hmm. And then I grew to about 10,000, which was super exciting to me. I remember when I hit that number and it was just like the best thing in the world. Um, and then it mm-hmm. grew quite quickly from there. I started to grow up to about 50,000 in less than six months. I think it was like four or five months. And when I got to that point, I started to have a few people reach out to me and ask, do you do video editing and things like that? Because I've predominantly grown via my reels and my video editing. Um, And so at that point, I kind of sat down with myself and I was like, well, technically, no, I don't. But there's nothing holding me back. Like I don't really, I didn't see myself being in the fitness industry long term because it's an, it's a passion of mine and I love it, but it's not necessarily the career that I wanted to do. Some of these people Mm. that reached out, I was like, you know what, like, let's just give it a go, see what happens, what's the worst that can happen. And from there, I kind of built my agency. So I had a couple of clients that I started working with. And when I saw that that was, you know, working really well, I decided to quit my job and I started my agency. So I went full time working for myself and for my business. And since then, I've just been Mm. able to grow it continuously. And obviously, my personal brand has still grown to, almost 200,000 on Instagram, which is amazing and predominantly faceless. Like you mentioned, I barely showed myself, I barely showed my face. And I guess the reason behind that is because I struggled so much growing up with my confidence, my self-worth, my, you know, love for myself, being able Mm. to accept myself and my body, going through eating disorders, being too underweight and then having to put on a lot of weight when I'm recovering and then kind of fluctuating all the time like it was always something that I struggled with so I kind of told myself Mm -hmm. I want to build a brand that is focused around who I am as a person as opposed to my looks and being in Queensland I don't know how much of your audience is Australian based but Queensland is a very predominantly influential actually yeah So you kind of, if you're watching and you know Queensland, you know it is a very influencer kind of environment and I have nothing against that whatsoever. There's a lot of gorgeous people there. It's a very health and fitness-based space, but that's not who I am and I made it very clear from the start. I don't want to be an influencer. I'm a content creator and I want to be known for what I do and who I am and Mm -hmm. how I speak and what I stand by as opposed to how I look. And so that's why I made it faceless. I feel like I can speak more through my actions as opposed to just my appearances. So I don't know if that answers everything. I went on a bit of a tangent, but that's a bit of an overview. I loved listening and wow, how relatable. I know that there are so many women who go through something similar where what you said that really stuck with me and I 111% could relate when you said my life felt out of control, everything external felt out of control. And so I try to control everything that I could control, which mainly was you, right? Like you (laughs) and what you were eating and how you were exercising because everything else outside of you felt so out of control. And I so relate to that because it's been so similar for me. When my parents were in the process of getting divorced, it was exactly the same for me. I felt like things were out of control and it drives you nuts when you're a teenager who doesn't know how to how to handle that like no one (laughs) teaches us like what do we do when shit hits the fan and we don't have the tools to process as teenagers right like you don't learn that stuff in school so that really stuck with me and um, I also love that you said you wanted your brand to be about who you are 
and what you create and obviously your skills rather than just like, hey, this is how I look and this is like fitness. And like you, you, you motivate so many people and honestly, your reels are just so good. Um, so I'm not surprised that people were reaching out asking for you to edit their videos. Um, so I really, really love that. And I would love to hear more about why you think that there is such a strong, because there definitely is. And I think some people will be like, why? <laughs> so I'm asking you, um, why do you think there's such a strong connection between mental health and our personal growth and then our business and our capacity and ability to create a business and to like really trust ourselves and to go all and because you were just casually saying oh and then like it grew and then I quit my job and then I did it full time and then it was like it just sounded so casual but I know for a lot of people it's like this step is freaking me out <laughs> what is your take on like why there's such a strong connection between mental health and personal growth and our business and our ability to like build a business um, because we've prioritized our inner work first. Yeah. So starting with the, like the mental health and the personal development side of things, I obviously when I was quite unwell, my anxiety and my depression started when I was in year five. I remember it quite clearly and we didn't know what it was at the time. And like you said, they're going mm -hmm. back however many years that was, there was a lot less of acceptance around mental health so for me personally it was never recognized in my family it was just that I was a very emotional child so I just seemed to have things that got to me more mm -hmm. often that's kind of what we put it down to but I remember in year five I would be going home three to four days a week because I would physically make myself feel sick with anxiety and I'd go to the nurse's office every day because I felt so unwell and my then and pass and my grandparents mm -hmm. would pick me up and take me home because my parents both worked in the city which was you know, an hour away from where I was. And so it was mm. there as a kid, but it wasn't necessarily recognized. So then as I got older, obviously it continued to develop and what started as anxiety then also combined with depression. And obviously they do go hand in hand. I believe that, you know, if you do have one, you're likely to have the other, they do coexist. Um, and so when I was at that point where mm. I was extremely depressed, I was put on medication. I'm still on medication actually. And I'm happy to be open about that because I was put on um, antidepressants at a very young age. And so now when I try to come off of it, my body doesn't produce enough serotonin on its own. So naturally my mood does get affected mm -hmm. when I'm not on medication. And of course that's something I want to work on as I get older, but I do just want to say that mm -hmm. I don't think there should be a stigma around medication because some people naturally don't produce enough. And I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to say I know what the right terminology is, but some bodies just don't produce enough of certain things that they need in order to have mm. their mood as much as, you know, someone that's extremely extroverted because I'm very introverted and I feel like you may be the same in that sense of someone that's very perfectionistic, wants to be in control, wants to have everything, you know, under wraps, is happy to be with themselves, wants mm. to work on themselves. Like it can get quite isolating, I guess, at times. So the mm. point was obviously when I was in one of my worst mental states, I being told that, you know, my heart could stop at any point, I kind of, when you reach, you know, rock bottom, you don't really have anywhere to go but up. So I kind of made a promise to myself. I was like, I've sort of been on this mm. downward spiral. Nothing was getting better. I felt like I was just, you know, running in a rat race. I couldn't get out of it. 
And so I thought, okay, well, this isn't working. So I may as well try something else. Like I don't really have another option right now. Mm. So that's when I started to really focus in on myself. When I was in hospital, I wasn't allowed, you know, my phone, I wasn't allowed to call anyone. I wasn't allowed to walk for periods of time. I had to be in a wheelchair. Um, So I was bedridden and we always had nurses watching us 24 seven to make sure we weren't exercising or whatever, whatever. And so at that time, I actually used to draw and I used to write. So I've always been creative. I draw so much. If you guys know, I have a full sleeve and I actually designed a lot of my tattoos from when I was in hospital. Um, But I also used to write. So I used to start processing my emotions and seeing where things came from. And as I started to do that, it sort of it was almost kind of like lifting a weight off my shoulders because all of a sudden I'd had everything bottled up in my head. And so everything else around me just felt like I couldn't process it. I couldn't work through anything else because there was just clouded with all of my thoughts. And we have like, what, 50, 60,000 thoughts a day. And so if these are all just jumbling up in my head every single day, I just wasn't coping. So I started writing and I started drawing and it was kind of like an outlet And so that led down my self-development journey. I started to work on, I remember something my psychologist used to make me do was a lot of mirror work. So as silly as it sounds originally, it was like sitting in front of a mirror. And I remember when I first did it because I couldn't even look at myself for a while. I'd stand in front of a mirror and I'd just cry because like I couldn't look at myself. And so the first thing she did was she told me, stand in front of the mirror mm. and go from head to toe and tell me what is on your body. So this is my forehead. These are my eyebrows. These are my eyes and like work your way down. And then over time, she would say, okay, now I want you to compliment every bit of your body and say something you like about it. And just building up, I guess, that self-worth within myself and being able to recognize there's nothing wrong with me. Like I'm a human and I need to love and accept myself as I am and to recognize all the amazing qualities that I had. And so as I started mm. to do that, then all of a sudden I had more, I guess, mental energy to start doing other things. Like I was able to communicate mm. with my family. I was able to see my friends. I was able to go to the gym and, you know, enjoy being at the gym, not feel like I was trying to punish my body or something like that. And so I guess the mental health and the personal development side of things, it gave me more freedom to, I guess, express myself and to feel like I could, you know, live my life as opposed to just be inside my head. Like I kind of freed myself out of my head a little bit. And then I guess if we go into more of the business side of things, I have always said, and I say it all the time that if you want to run your own business, if you want to be an entrepreneur, and I guess it's the same in any kind of business, even if you work for someone else or you're working up in a job role, you or your business will only grow as much as you're willing to grow. So like for me personally, when I started my business, I would not be able to do what I do now because even you know the past however long I've had my business, I still continue to grow because each time I grow, I'm able to grow within my business because I either learn something about myself I learned something about someone else. I learned something about the world. I learned something about business or finances or anything like that. I think the more we are willing to put into ourselves, the more you get out of anything else that comes with it. So that for me is where the connections come from. It's like you need to work on yourself so that you can, you know, accept yourself and believe that you are capable of whatever you're looking to do. But then once you get to that point or you feel like you're getting to that point, you can't just stop because you won't continue 
to grow in area any area of your life. So the more you continue to grow, the more you continue to grow in every other aspect of your life. This is so damn true. And I think this is what a lot of people just kind of don't want to look at because obviously it's so much easier to work on something, like to focus on something that's very straightforward. I would say like business is pretty straightforward. Like you do things that work and you keep doing them and you keep evolving. But with you, it's like, you're so complex. Like as humans, we're so complex. There's so many layers. There's so many all beliefs. There's so many fears. There's so much trauma. Like it's not as straightforward as business. And so this is why, as you said, we're the foundation of it. Like the more we grow, the more we can master ourselves and be consistent, which also is part of self-mastery, the better we can grow a business. It just is like that. And I think a lot of people want to acquire business skills, but really what it is, it's like, it's self-mastery. When you master yourself, then you can master your business. How you do one thing is how you do everything. And I think this is why this is so amazing. And I always keep seeing on your stories too, like your days are so structured. You're so organized. You're literally like me. I'm like, I love this girl. She's like me. <laughs> I've all seen. Um, and this, this is such a huge part of it. It's like how you do one thing is how you do everything. And um, I know there's a lot of people who are like, but I have like so many weaknesses and I, you know, like I don't get some, some things like, right. It feels so hard for me. I would love to hear what's your take on weaknesses, because I feel like a lot of people are making their weaknesses, like they're using it as an excuse, essentially. And we both know you shouldn't do that because a weakness doesn't have to be a weakness forever. So how can we turn our weaknesses into strengths and even superpowers where we actually then use those to um to create even more magic in our lives and in our businesses yes i i love this question and this conversation and sort of like you said there i for starters we're all humans like no one is perfect we all have weaknesses like that, that's not avoidable but i am a firm believer that you can use your weaknesses to be your biggest strengths as long as you know how to use them and so something you mentioned, which I'm very similar to you, and you were saying like my days can be quite structured. And for me, for example, I am a perfectionist. I'm an extreme perfectionist. I'm happy to admit that. And I always used to say like if I ever went to job interviews when I was little and I can't remember if you you know, have been to job interviews and I always remember them saying, what's your biggest weakness? And I always used to say I'm a perfectionist and it can go either way. It can be a strength or it can be a weakness. And so it's being able to understand mm. yourself because for me, I know that being a perfectionist can be a weakness because I can be over controlling or I feel like I need to have everything structured to the minute minute or, you know, if something falls out of line, I, I mm. won't cope, I'll just back off. But at another sense, I also know that being a perfectionist can be one of my biggest strengths because all of a sudden I know that I work well on structure, I work well on routine so I can structure my life and my days mm -hmm. around a routine that works for me. And when I take on clients, when I take on employees, when I, you know, do something with friends or whatever, if they're aware of that and I say, this is how I work, this is my structure, this is what I like to do, it's how it works for me, it's how it works for my clients, my business, etc. If they don't agree with that, that's completely fine. But this is how I work and I'm not going to work a different way just to please someone else because I know that in the long term mm. or down the track it's only going to be you know a negative impact on myself and then also onto others and this can be applied to you know even a social sense like I mentioned before I'm a big introvert mm. obviously 
you know, being on this kind of podcast and I can speak confidently. And when I was little, I used to do quite a lot of public speaking. And so people used to be very confused after I kind of went through my six to eight month social party phase. I went completely into my shell. I never went to parties. I never socialized or did everything. And then all of a sudden, when I tried to even just go to, you know, a dinner with three or four people, I would be having panic attacks. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Like I used to be able to, you know, go out and socialize and be, you know, have fun and be a party girl. But I had to sit back Mm -hmm. and be like, that's not who I am. I'm actually generally the quietest at the table and that's okay. Again, it's not a weakness. It's a strength of mine because I know what my social battery is. I know that if I have three, four, five social events in one week, I'm going to need to block out two to three days to recharge. And that doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. It just Mm. means that I'm programmed slightly differently to someone who's extremely extroverted and needs to work around four to five people every day in order to get their energy going and to be able to do what they want to do. So I think it kind of ties in with the whole self-awareness thing. If you are extremely self-aware, you know who you are, you know what your values are, you know how you perform certain tasks, what you do well, what you don't well, don't do well, sorry, then, you know, think about, okay, well, how can I use this to my advantage? Like we have choices in our lives. We do, goes back to what we said at the start, where we always felt out of control. But at the end of the day, we do, every single person has control over some aspects of their life. We don't have control over, you know, the weather or what's going on in the world. Or perhaps if you're working a job, you don't necessarily have control over your hours or your boss or anything like that. But we have control over how we think, we have control over how we talk to ourselves, what we eat, when we exercise, all those things that fundamentally are going to, you know, build that foundation that mm-hmm. you can use to build anything else that you want in your life. So it's kind of like building up that hierarchy of having the foundation so that you can use that to build the other areas mm-hmm. of your life. And if you ignore those bottom foundations, then you won't be able to build on them because you're just choosing to you know, ignore them and they often then build up to something that comes up later on in life, I guess. This is so true. What you're saying about laying the foundations and like knowing yourself, like self-awareness in itself is such a superpower. Like when we have self-awareness and we know ourselves and we also accept ourselves, like obviously we look at ourselves and we're like, "Mm, I'm finding things like I'm finding I'm like more of an introvert. Can I accept that? Can I love that part of me? Can I be at peace with it? Because then it's so much easier to stand up for yourself, as you said, and set boundaries and be like, hey, like this is like just like setting the space and setting expectations with people that you're either working with or socializing with. I really, really love that because for me, for the longest time, I used to be also like the biggest extrovert like it seemed like at least on the outside where I was like the loud girl at school and like (laughs) and it didn't feel good and I didn't understand why until I realized well that's not really who I am I'm like very much like I like to like be with my own thoughts and I like to like understand myself and I like to reflect and I like to be by myself Uh, like being alone is not the same as being lonely right and so when we consciously um like reflect on those character traits and personality traits it's like it's really helpful because it really as you said helps us create a life that feels in alignment with our truth rather than just like pleasing others just to like make them happy and accommodate them um an interesting i realized in my relationship for instance was that um max loves to socialize my partner loves to socialize for me especially in like bigger groups 
not so much. It's not my thing. I can do it for maybe an hour or two, but then I'll want to go home. <laughs> and in the beginning, he was so offended. He's like, why don't you like being with friends? Like, why? Why? Right? Like, he didn't understand. And so when I, like, really sat down with myself, I was like, hmm, I, I feel like, yeah, as you said, too, my social battery is not made for being around a large amount of people for a long time. Like, when I did it in school, like, that's how I also got depressed as well. Like, that was part of it. It was, like, hiding my true self or, like, acknowledging my true needs more so. And so I really, really like that. And the same goes for structure and, like, maybe not wanting to be spontaneous all the time. Also here, great example for me was always like my partner is an Aquarius in flow, spontaneous, let's do this, let's do that. And I'm like the exact opposite. And what I will say is what really helped me was like seeing him thrive in this and implementing some of it into my life because it really helped me to just try it out and like give it a shot and what i've seen is that some of it may resonate when i do it my way like i'll still have a structure i have a little bit of flow and flexibility in that structure but i won't like just ditch my structure just because he is a spontaneous guy and i think it's so important as you said to stay true to yourself and accept that for yourself because then you won't kind of let yourself down and betray yourself by pleasing others and i think this is a huge one as you said that's one of the foundations you need for the life that you want to live and for the business or like career that you want to create. And so I definitely, definitely agree that like we need to lay the grounds. We need to lay the internal grounds. And part of that is knowing yourself and accepting yourself and knowing how to work with what you got, because then it doesn't have to hold you back. Like, as you said, perfectionism can be a weakness and a strength. I think it's a huge strength when you know how to how to let it out essentially like when we're obviously when we're like starting to procrastinate because of perfectionism because like we're like working on something that could take an hour like for five hours then that's kind of limiting us and our output but um at the same time it is great because we'll create results that others wouldn't create because we're so detail oriented and so i definitely think that it's important to find that sweet spot since we're working online like both of us and i know a lot of women who are listening here are also in the online space are creators business owners even coaches um but I know a lot of them are struggling to be very like authentic online and show themselves Like we're just like saying about depression and perfectionism. And like for a lot of people that's like, whoa, like that, that's a big topic that feels really vulnerable. How can we be more authentic online? Like how can you find your authentic voice and be yourself? Because obviously that's what people are so attracted to. People love to see people and who they truly are. Um, but that can be scary for a lot of people. So how can we find find our authenticity but also like really show it with the world and not hide behind um like wanting to fit in or wanting to be like everyone everybody else um how can we be authentic online yes okay so obviously this is kind of what I built my brand around and obviously like my agency is called the social voice agency and it's being about you know helping other brands other businesses to find their social voice online and the whole idea behind that is being able to be authentic and find you know, your own quote unquote voice, which also comes back to the whole faceless idea, because I believe that the meaning behind whatever you do is more important than whatever you show as a result of it. So for me, when I started, mm -hmm. I, you know, if you scroll back through my content, you'll see the different, I guess, I must call them like seasons of my life. And you'll see the slightly different styles. When I first started, i did kind of copy trends and I followed other people's 
ideas and styles and things like that. And I think when you are starting on social media, there is benefit to doing that in order to find the type of content that you want to create. But there's also a fine line between Mm. following and taking inspiration from other trends, other styles. So for example, the dark aesthetic, which is what I started in and kind of that moody style that is quite trendy, but there's Mm -hmm. a difference between, you know, copying that style and copying someone else's lifestyle or someone else's content ideas, I guess. And so for me, the way that I sort of broke down that barrier was, again, it's sort of sitting down with yourself and figuring out what is my why for social media? Why am I actually on here? And, you know, you hear a lot that social media is so saturated, you can't build a brand, you can't build a business because there's enough people online. But I think the only point, and I agree with that, social media is extremely saturated, but I don't agree with the fact that no one can build a business because it's already saturated. I think you can't build a business if you decide to copy someone else's business or you decide to follow an already existing trend. But at the end of the day, we are all an individual. We're all completely different. So there's, you know, however many people are on this earth, there's that many opportunities to build a business online. So if you can truly sit down with yourself and say, what is your why behind what you're doing? And for me, it started as, you know, like we said, a passion project. It was a personal journey. It was healing myself and then being able to express that with the world and say that, you know, I came from someone who was told she might not survive or someone that, you know, borrowed a friend's broken tripod because she didn't have the money to buy one because she wanted to create content to now having, you know, financial freedom. I've lived in three states in the past two years. I moved back here with my parents a couple months ago because they're going through a divorce and I didn't have to be anywhere else in the world. Like my sister's overseas at the moment. So I decided to be with my family. Like I could make that decision because I wanted to and I knew that that Mm. was what was best for me and my family. In terms of the social media side of things, if you have that strong why behind whatever you're doing, that should drive whatever content you produce. And for me, like people look at my content now and they know it's mine. I have a very distinct aesthetic, a very distinct style. And I think any successful business has that as well. Like I look at your content and I know it's your content. You have your own style, you have your own voice, you have your own sort of brand that you've built. And you can tell that you've built that off of love and off of passion and off of who you are and what you want to do. So as long as you have that, you know, foundational why and that authenticity to who you are and what your values are, that will always be seen in content and people will be able to see that. But if you produce based on, you know, trying to follow other people and trying to do something that's already existing, people will often see through that they'll see that it's not authentic to you it will feel like it's a challenge for you so it won't be sustainable Mm -hmm. and over time it will either fizzle out or you'll have to make a decision to change it to something else so I think to be able to be authentic and to show up online is to be able to be truly within yourself and that comes back to the personal development side of things when you're comfortable with who you are you're comfortable Mm -hmm. showing yourself online because you don't have any question about who it is you don't fear other people's judgments anymore you know you're still gonna have Mm. question what you do or that don't agree with what you do but all of a sudden their opinions don't affect you because you're so comfortable in who you are you might take on their opinions but you don't let them define you and it's the same as like I don't let my past define who I am now I could be seen as someone who was sick and vulnerable and you know couldn't look at herself in the mirror didn't love herself but 
that's that doesn't define who I am now and I also don't neglect that part of my life because it's shaped me into who I am now so every I'm a firm believer that Mm -hmm. you know everything happens for a reason and everything shapes you into who you are so if you can just accept everything that happens and you know take it on board and use it to become who you are now then that will shine through no matter what you do I love that you're saying that because I think for a lot of people, that's the scariest part is owning your story, owning what happened in the past that maybe was really hard to go through that feels still to this day, very vulnerable. Like there, there are things that happen in our, in all of our pasts, like whether it was in our families or in our own lives and our like health, career, like being fired, like whatever it is that feels like, oh, like I, I carry shame or guilt or anything like that. The, the most successful leaders I know own their story and you do that. And I love to do that because it just like feels like it's not holding us back. It's more so fueling us. It's giving us purpose and it's fueling us. And it also shows people what's possible. I think this is why bringing your story into your brand is so important because people then really see you and understand you on a whole new level and are like also hopefully getting hope that, wow, like if she went from here to here, then I can do that too. I think this is why people love to hear stories. It's just because it gives us hope. It shows us what's possible. And um, this is why owning your story is so, so, so important. Also what you said um, before that about um, owning your evolution as well, because what I will say for myself, for instance, like my brand, as, as you said too, essentially, like when you scroll back, you see all my different life seasons, you see all my different like brand identities and brand colors and it was interesting because like you can literally see how like you if you watch it yourself you're like oh I've grown up <laughs> and I've I've started really becoming even more of who I truly am and so for me even in the past I want to say 18 months or so my brand has changed it looks different now like my style is different even my writing style has changed a little bit I would say and it's all and it's been scary too because suddenly talking about feminine energy and leadership and all those things rather than just confidence mindset manifestation what I was all about before that like as you said like it, it will crumble if you don't change and if you don't own that change even though it is scary because you don't know how people will respond um and so I really really love that you um yeah, I really emphasize that. Um, I know you're also offering one-on-one coaching on like branding and like helping people find their voice. And you also have a Reels co- course that is either already out or it's coming out. I'm not fully sure, but I've seen it. And um, what can people expect inside? I would love to hear more about that. Yes. So we'll start with the Reels course. I launched that uh, a couple months ago now when I was still back in Sydney. But that okay. is a foundational editing course so obviously you know if you have a look at my page I'm my business is built off of my reels so I built that course around how to you know be able to edit some reels that you know feel like they're authentic to you but also have the ability to perform really well on social media and I don't just go over how to Mm. edit but I go over the before the during and the after process we go over the selecting your niche your content pillars how to organize the content how to film it how to edit it the whole process because I feel like social media there's it can feel like a big heavy process trying to content create trying to create content sometimes it can feel very overwhelming totally. um, and for me personally sorry I find content creation extremely therapeutic I love it it's storytelling like we said you're able to express yourself through it so that course is about helping you to you know, simplify your content creation process to fall in love with it, but also be able to create things that 
you know, you're proud of and that you love and that you can show the world. So that's what the Reels course is. Um, we'll have them all linked in the show notes. The coaching and the mentorships, mm-hmm. I'll be taking on another um, lot of the mentorships at the start of next year. So that's only three times a year. I take on a select portion of people and it's a three-month intensive. So that is a working one-to-one with me. It's not just social media mm-hmm. based. It is the connection between the being able to have that authentic voice online and being comfortable with it. So we go through the process of, yes, building a social media following or brand or business, whichever, you know, that is for you, but it's about being able to find your social voice. Like I say in my business, it's about finding your style, your authenticity, what you're, you know, presenting to people, what your service is, what you're offering, and also being able to, I guess, own what you offer. Because I know for me, when I first started you know, advertising and selling things online, it almost felt like a little bit uncomfortable and, you know, icky. Like, do I, Mm. why why am I selling online? Like, do I have the credentials to do this? Like, why would people want to buy for me essentially? And so it's about being able to understand that what you offer is a gift. It's based on, you know, your talents, your strengths, your weaknesses. Like we mentioned, it's everything that you have built within you that you're now sharing with the world. So there's nothing to be ashamed of with that. And it's, you know, being able to establish that and build that. So that's what the intensive is. You have access to me, obviously, for the three months and we do some Zoom calls, et cetera, which we'll leave all below. Um, so that will be at the start of 2024. So let me know if you want to enroll with that. And then I also just have my one-to-one coaching call. So if you just want a one-off call with me, then obviously we can look at doing that. That's sort of more of the personal branding side of things. Obviously, I still have my agency as well. So that's where we dive into things like the social media management, the reels creation, the photography, videography, editing, that side of things. So if you're more of looking for business perspectives and sides, then the agency is there to help you with that. But in terms of the connection between, you know, the content creation and the mental side of things, that's where the mentorship or the reels course comes in. I love that. Such a great offer suite. So we'll link everything in the show notes. As you said, I'm so, so excited for people to check that out. And I'd also love to hear, and this is always like the fun last question I ask all of my interview guests is what's your top tip to unfuck your life for our listeners? Yes. So I actually heard this acronym yesterday and it might sound odd, but there was this guy that worked in like business developments and he always used the acronym Ohio and it means only handle it once. And it really stood out to me because being able to, you know, stay on top of your life and unfuck your life, you need to be able to face something as it comes, deal with it and move on from it or progress through it. So for me, only handle it once. It's like if something comes up, handle it, take it on board, do what you need to do with it and continue on instead of, you know, okay, that's come up. Let's just put that aside. We'll do the next thing first. And then this keeps building up in the background. And then all of a sudden Mm. you've got all this that builds up while you're still trying to move forward and you can't. So it just sort of stood out to me. It was like, you know, take things on as they come because we can't be, you know, waiting on the what if or in the future or when it comes or when it happens or if this happens, then I'll do that. It's kind of like being in that waiting season as opposed Mm. to just taking action when something comes so that you can see what it builds into. I love that because I know a lot of women are overwhelmed 
for exactly that reason. It's like, oh, everything feels like a lot. Well, that is probably because you're not looking at a lot of shit that you don't want to handle because it feels uncomfortable. It feels like too much. Um, it feels like you don't have the capacity, but you won't have the capacity when you keep putting things off, as you said. And especially because like what you said about like just like waiting and being in this waiting in the stuck state almost, that is so true. The energy, and I said that in a, like one of my last solo episodes, the energy of decision is magnetic as fuck a lot of people are energetically constipated because they're not in the energy of momentum and decision making it's rather this like waiting sort of like i'll feel things out like something external will come then i'll just respond to that i'll just be reactive essentially rather than proactively and consciously co-creating your life and creating momentum and being in this magnetic energy of decision being decisive and so i really 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 love that and a huge part of as you said creating the brand or the business or career or like life or relationship that you want you you can't put things off like even in a relationship if you don't speak your truth you just put it off but it's really on your heart you'll carry resentment into the relationship that's not going to benefit anyone so i feel like you can really translate what you just said into like all aspects of life and there is so much truth in it so i love that you said that and pointed it out and um i just want to thank you for coming on today caitlin i know you're very selective with your podcasts so um i'm so happy to have had you on today and for everyone listening you can find all the links to caitlin's ig page and her website and reels course and all the things in the show notes if you enjoyed listening to this episode don't forget to give this podcast a rating leave it a review even if it's just one sentence i love to see it and also if you're really 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 loving this episode maybe screenshot it share it with your bestie share it on your ig story tag us so we can see that you loved it and we can connect and of course make sure to follow both of us on instagram subscribe to our website and newsletters for more content and um, yeah as i said all links can be found in the show notes to get notified when the next episode episode goes live you can simply subscribe on either itunes or spotify so you never miss a beat um thank you caitlin for coming on and sharing your wisdom it was so so nice and i it was just like a mirror almost i was like i see i see so much of myself in you so i really 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 love that and i'm looking forward to connecting with everyone listening in the next episode thank you so much bye babe